right. We are Pillow Scream Radio with your co-hosts Alex, Jimbo, and Mandy. And we have our third guest ever on the show with us today, Zach from About Face Veterans Against the War. Zach, could you introduce yourself, please? What's up? Uh, I'll do my quick bio intro. Uh, my name is Zach. Uh, I was in the military for eight years. Well, it's actually kind of a fun background story. I am. Uh, I'll get into that. Let's get into it now. Actually, um, I, I, uh, <laughs> I've worked in all of the most like toxic male environments that there are to uh, to work in. So I, I I went to the army after leaving working in finance in New York, which is also mm. very toxic. And in some cases, I would argue is even more toxic than the army army, which is a really really like tall order to fill. Like that's Oof. that's a lot of work. There's a lot of like, were you working on Wall Street like yeah. investment banking like JP Morgan Not investment kind of banking. Shit? I worked in in trading. Got um, it. Oof. So which, like, like toxic male capitalists. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> extreme capitalism. And then people talking about like the market will correct itself being like, okay, well there's a food demand in India and then like grains leaving. How's the market going to correct? Oh, like 10,000 people will probably starve. So then, you know, that's a market correction. And you're like, <laughs> but our, our stock will go up. Like our, our portfolio will look great. <laughs> it's like when people are like, yeah, we got to uh, build herd immunity. Yeah. That's what happens when a bunch of people fucking die. Um, <laughs> Or, or they're saying like uh, the bubonic plague went away. Um, they didn't have a vaccine. It's like yeah, because half of Europe died. <laughs> That's how they got hurt. Immediately. Yeah, they, they melted from the inside. Have you ever <laughs> seen that? It's not cool, man. Um, uh, All right, so you did some Wall Street. I did stuff. some Wall Street stuff, um, and then I was like, I need to. I need to. <laughs> this is going to sound super lame, but probably familiar to a lot of people. I was like, I need to do something like meaningful and interesting with my life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try out for special forces, and I'm gonna like quit my job and go and go do that. So I I joined the army because because uh, I actually like left a job. I left my job in finance um, for like six months, and I was like DJing with this guy in New York, which was super fun because I was fucked up like all the time, and I had money <laughs> to burn through because I worked in finance and. It was awesome, and then I was like, I need to do something meaningful with my life, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna join the army, which is like, oh yeah, you're just you're just you're just doubling down. I'm doing scumbag shit, but I didn't think about it at the time. <laughs> I thought about special special forces as like, you know, they're they do low intensity conflicts to prevent wars. So I'll be like the woke liberal who's in the army, which is which is okay. which is pretty emblematic of like sort of like the mindset of like the late. 2000s early 2010s right so i read this book called so good you can't ignore so good they can't ignore you or something like that um and this guy in the book tells a story about a similar situation as you i think he was like an investment banker Mm -hmm. except he didn't go military he decided to go like buddhist monk (laughs) essentially like zen buddhist monk and actually like pass some of the little mantras that they have mantras that they have whatever it is and uh he got a couple of like levels in he like leveled up a couple of times in buddhism um got to be like a level 15 paladin or some shit like that got and, his orange uh, kind of just got his orange belt in buddhism <laughs> um and then realized he fucking hated it <laughs> it was like actually this didn't accomplish anything that i was like trying to do by escaping my wall street life that was 100 percent on the pro and con board when i did that <laughs> i was like army buddhism um and then i was like i can't go to like nepal or something that's just super lame 
<laughs> so I'd rather go to like Afghanistan or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd rather go to fucking Iraq and Afghanistan. That'll be super cool. Well, I was like, what is what is the most like orthogonal journey I could take? Like, what's not even in the same spectrum of human experience that I'm experiencing right now? Which is like, you know, okay. like college and then and then you know being like in the upper middle class and then going to like work in a service industry job where you have the potential to make a lot of money i'm like i just feel like i'm in this pipeline i need to escape from it which i do think the the army in a lot of ways does appeal to like does try to appeal to like sort of like punk rock attitudes where you know mm-hmm. that punk rock attitude where you're like the system's bullshit but but when you say the system's bullshit, you're also like kind of a nihilist. So like someone's like, you know what else is fucking rad is being like doing rad shit and blowing things up. And you're like, fuck yeah, bro. And then like you get in, I, uh, I went through training. I had two deployments and then I was kind of like on my last deployment. I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. This seems, this seems kind of fucked. This doesn't work with the rest of my politics. So I got out. Um, so what what did it for you? Just like it was an accumulation of things. It was I was in Iraq in 2014, like right around the time mm-hmm. that like what basically when like ISIS happened, and was part of the like front like the leading edge of like special operations response to that. I mean, not the leading edge. That's like you know Delta Force and shit. But um, I was involved in a lot of that, like building up forces and deployment. I was like, this is kind of dumb. Um, and then I I went to on a uh, another deployment in Africa. And I kind of just realized that, like, it's the mo- it was, it's like the most imperial of deployments because you're kind of like uh... because you're kind of just like you're kind of just there like holding territory, even though you're ostensibly there for like a mission. Like, uh, higher would kind of in weird ways like kind of like sabotage the mission because if you accomplish the mission, then like you leave, right? Like, like the U.S. has an incentive to never ever like broker a peace deal with North Korea because if they do, then like okay, thanks for helping us out. You Americans could leave now. We don't want that. We want like a forward operating base in like the Korean peninsula, because that's awesome to like pressure Russia. So like, there is no incentive for us to leave. If you just like fucking sabotage every, everything that you're supposed to in theory be doing. Right. Just um, need a way to look busy all the time. Is that the idea? Yeah. And I mean, we did stuff, but it was like so backwards. It's like, we, we go there and we're doing a lot of the like, you know, the like fucking handing out soccer, soccer ball bullshit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm there and I'm just like, this is just like an amazingly weird way to distribute these resources. Like it's, it's, it really is just like a, like a kind of PR stunt. And like we were doing stuff, but it was also just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, just occupying space. Yeah. The only thing that the army is good at. Yeah. yeah, it is. Actually, I think what really started that role down um, was my prior deployment. I came back from, no, no, it was actually, no, it was that deployment. I came back, um, and Africa, I didn't really do anything. There's no combat. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, you, you know, we're, we're doing like this, like capture and ki- uh, capture or kill mission, but like, it wasn't very successful and it was really like low stakes. I mean, it's low stakes is something like that is, but like, it, it was kind of like, you know, you're just ticking the box. If that makes any, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were in the military, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. we're, we're doing like, uh, what's, what's, what's it called? Um, like area beautification, but with like, <laughs> but with like, but with, like, but with murder, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the equivalent of your first sergeant making sure all the fucking chiclets on the, the slider green, but you're doing it, um, 
imperially in an entire fucking different continent. Yeah, it's absolutely and, like, right. People and killing people. And it's it. like, <laughs> oh, we need these people to be here, but at the same because they can quick because we need them to quickly respond to shit that might happen, which actually happened a couple times. Like it was just like, oh, I see strategically why they want us like in the area, but they can't just say, oh, we want dudes hanging out in your country because it's like good for us to flex sometimes. Um, but also you need something to do because you cannot get a bunch of dudes who are like heavily trained on like weapons and tactics and just have them sit somewhere near like a bunch of people <laughs> and flammable shit and not expect like bad things to happen. Like that's just a, that is just the reality of like the military. It's even worse when it's somewhere where it's like you have a bunch of like fucked fucking bored ass 20 year olds like with with machine guns and shit. And you're like, yeah. oh no, you, you really need to keep those guys away from like anything important. Like if you need to so, at the risk of doxing myself, I was relatively like closely affiliated with this program that the army does called Pacific Pathways, where they'll just send army units out through uh, like Thailand and the Philippines and South Korea and Japan and stuff like that. They'll kind of just like do this rotation throughout the Pacific, um, where they're not really like accomplishing anything. They'll just go to some like home station in the Philippines and just use their firing range for like a week or so. And they'll pick up mm-hmm. all their shit, move to a different island, and do the same thing over there. But they would run into this issue where, like, of course, all of the officers and, like, the battalion staff are wanting to be doing shit the whole time. There's just nothing to do because you're in a foreign country. You can't actually, like, pull maneuvers without, like, really fucking over a lot of, like, native people there that are, you know, they live there. Their backyard has been, for, like, 1,500 years, has been this side of the mountain range that you want to go like lob arty shells into like no you actually can't do that sir back the fuck off <clears throat> so you'd have the all of these you can't. <laughs> these That's colors do say, not right? run son <laughs> so they would have all these soldiers who would just sit on mre boxes and once their fucking switch batteries died they would have to move over to playing cards and once they got bored of that they would go out and just get fucked up in the town and like get into fights constantly and just cause some actual like headline kind of newsworthy shit that they would all have the brigade PAO, the public affairs officer would have to like jump down everyone's throats and be like, no one fucking talk about this. Don't tweet about this. Don't like put anything on Facebook about the fact that like some like a squad of army dude just got the living shit kicked out of them in like a local Filipino bar or something like that. Like they would just get into trouble constantly. Oh, man, that's super on brand. <laughs> yeah i can imagine it's worse for just like these jittery special forces guys who like are on all kinds of like test boosters and just freaking out not able to do it we're I, I i i don't want to do the like better than but like i will say that the guys in special forces were like they had much better self-control which is obviously like why they put them in that position um that's probably smart yeah but like <laughs> with with the exception of one one branch's special operations which have been lauded so much by like media that they literally can't do wrong and people will cover up all of their bullshit we're talking about the seamen aren't we the navy seals yep. <laughs> i'll tell us in one in in, in, a, in a certain country at a certain point a uh uh well, not, obviously not this rank, but the equivalent of, because I forget how the fucking Navy ranks work, but, like, a sar- a command sergeant major and another sergeant major and, like, two, like, team sergeants um, decided to go hit up a local brothel. And um, <laughs> when they drove back in to, like, their base with, the with uh, like, uh, you know, the 
the people in it, well I, I would say the people indigenous to the country but even they are like not really indigenous to that area of the country but like you know the the the, the country that they're working with their their army they're sharing this base so they like ro- they like roll back into this place and they just blow through the fucking security gates and they just get totally lit up by this like country's security force and I feel like, like I remember hearing and a about couple this. dudes got like permanently injured uh the women that they had brought back from the brothel like two of them died like they like and this shit got totally covered up and and, well not totally covered up but like downplayed right like you know it's i'm sure that there's a government website where they published a breakdown of what happened so that way they can Mm -hmm. say like oh we told people right like oh yeah you put it on the you put it on the 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 last leaf in the fucking link tree of like you know let's have fun.com anyway that was a (laughs) that was a branch that wasn't the army um <laughs> interesting hmm. but yeah that, that doesn't mean that there weren't like dumb people because there were still like there was uh another group which wasn't that branch that uh <laughs> they got they got barred from they got they actually got like i think i don't think any i think they just got article 16s but they got in trouble for like getting into a fight with some like 19 year olds at a bar in like north carolina <laughs> and like fucking curb stomping these dudes and Oof. like and it's like dude let it go like if someone picks a fight with you in a bar you don't need to prove how big your fucking dick is like by beating up like 19 year olds like especially if you're already special forces yeah, I like know, what are you right? proving by beating up high schoolers yeah, be- beat up some fucking high schoolers you jackass like it's uh, yeah. it's a bad look yeah anyway i'd say <laughs> that the thing that started radicalizing me was um because I always kind of, I was, I've always been kind of left leaning, but I was like, let me, let me, let me test out this new environment. Was when I went on deployment and came back. There was a deployment that I went on that was basically just like fucking around. We're not doing anything. The stakes are low. It's kind of dangerous, but not really. Um, and I came back, and everybody was like, "Thank you for your service. Like you, you like you, you hold the wall between us." You, you hold the wall of civilization between us and, like, you know, the savagery and, of the other world. And, and I was like, yeah, I like, was like not sav- really, man. Everyone there was really <laughs> super nice. And I think that it's like, you know, there's kind of like, you know, you know historical materialism. Fucking read a book. Um, <laughs> but my sister, my sister worked for uh, AmeriCorps and she was teaching in, um, like, rural Pennsylvania. And she made like $19,000 a year. She had to use like food stamps to pay for things. And other people in my family were like, what are you doing fucking around with your life? And I'm like, oh, she's actually making an impact. I'm just dicking off. And everybody's like getting on her case because it's not like the most financially optimal career decision she's making. And I was like, that seems to have way more impact. They're just not able to like really understand why, like why would you reach these conclusions? You know, you're doing everything right. You're following the right path. Uh, Mr. Not a teacher in small town Pennsylvania. So why why would you end up being radicalized like this? And like, well, for someone who's actually gone through it, it makes a lot of sense because the shit that we're doing doesn't make any sense. Right. Something has to explain this. At a certain point, the cognitive dissonance becomes so loud and overwhelming yeah. that like you can't not listen to it anymore. And so that happened, and then I came back and I work uh, I, I I work in cybersecurity because I worked I kind of worked in that when I was younger Mm -hmm. and so i have a background in it so i work for a company uh i worked for a company that basically did um what they call red team operations which is like trying to break into a company and like gain access and then tell them how to fix it and then doing all sorts of other security consulting and then i uh, got involved with um uh i went to this to this uh 
thing called um, veteran the Veterans Organizing Institute and met a bunch of vets who were like left leaning, which is like kind of a life changing experience because I was like, oh shit, I'm not the only one. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, and then the guy I got um, uh, got hooked up with a group called Common Defense, which kind of imploded because of some bad shit they did and then i had to, i left that group because i was like nah nah and then i uh joined about face because they were like really they had like radical politics but they're the, but they're like practical about it like i mm-hmm. i mean i mean i'm sure that you guys have been in some left spaces before where like all they'll do is like talk about like theory and shit oh oh yeah, yeah I, I, oh yeah <laughs> they'll be they'll be super focused on like one specific thing and after a while you're like oh you guys are just like the yoked labor force of like this fucking like democrat funded you know like look at us we did we ticked the right boxes for like getting involved with our community so mm-hmm. it's like it, you know both sides of those spectrums and i was like they 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 strike a good balance and people there are like willing to like go the distance on shit like you know they'll protest stuff and like you know get charges for stuff which is like you shouldn't you know you shouldn't you shouldn't um base your praxis around getting fucked with by the police but like the fact that you're willing to i, I do a little bit i feel like i haven't <laughs> crossed a certain bridge because i haven't actually been arrested yet like i'm i'm ready for it yeah i mean there there are plenty of uh like radical play the thing is like where you really need to get arrested are those protests because like you know there's these mass protests you see in big cities like la new york chicago where there's like hundreds of thousands of people they usually don't arrest people at protests like that until they dwindle or like you do a protest with like 50 people and then they just fucking roll you up and it's like Mm -hmm. oh yeah there's definitely a lot of like black and brown people that would appreciate you putting yourself between them and the fucking cops (laughs) Yeah, especially being like a veteran staring down the National Guard guys. It 100%. Oh, it 100%. Have you ever been purchase. in a situation like that? Yes, it 100% has purchase. Like, cool. yeah. Or either that or they just don't believe you. They're like, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have like paperwork on me. It's like, who the fuck is bring Bring your DDC-14 yeah, yeah, and yeah, hold it up. <laughs> and I'm like, look at it. Look at it. Look at the memo box. There's all sorts of shit in there. All sorts of stuff that I did. I want to see, like, these Veterans for Peace guys ro- roll around with their, like, flags and shit like that that they bring out everywhere and they put it on their cars. Um, I want to do the same thing, just blow up my DD-214, redact all the info. I don't know, maybe just leave my social security number, who gives a shit, and just, like, have it on a white flag and be like, yep, <laughs> I was in. No, wear, like, a fucked up Command Sergeant Major uniform and just, like, act like a stolen Valor guy. Like, gain some extra weight, yeah, and... I have a total you know, diversion on the stolen Valor shit, yeah, but I don't want to get us too, like, off-topic here, but... I got accused of stolen Valor last night. That's because you're a woman. Tell that story. Tell that, that happens, story. like, all the time. Like, every woman I know that was in the military is, like, at least one time they're, like, well, I'm sure that you're, like, your husband has sacrificed a lot, and you're, like... <laughs> <laughs> Tell the story. Tell the story. Well, that wasn't even a that wasn't even the main thing. That was just like they looked at my driver's license and they were like, "This is not real." Like, cause I mine says veteran on it. They're like, "You're not like a veteran. It's not true." You have to start carrying around your DDC fourteen. Just going to bars now. I also almost got arrested. I mean, I don't know if I I wouldn't say I almost got arrested. What else did you do last night? I want to hear the whole thing. <laughs> Let's She's sitting in the back of a cop car being like, I'm not sure if I got arrested or if I'm just hanging out right no, now. No, no, no. The cop just came over to me. I was super gluing my shoe back together. <laughs> but I think 
I think he thought I was doing drugs or something because I was like hunched over like in the corner, like with this like little like thing of super glue. Just huffing glue. Yeah, I don't that's know. Like, that's what you're doing, partying. And then I glued yeah, a $10 man. bill to my hand by accident with the super glue. <laughs> so I, How'd you get that off? I just ripped it off. So someone has a $10 bill somewhere with like a little bit of your skin well, on no, it. Well, no, no one has it because I immediately put it in the slot machine and it was gone like that. <laughs> Instantly lost. The slot machine that said this $10 bill tastes funny. Yeah. No, it tastes good. It has human flesh on it. Like it's the best, the best kind of currency. I don't even know what happened. Like I just put it in the machine and like, I, I thought there would be, like, a thing where you, like, pull a lever down. That didn't happen at all. Like, I just, like, pushed a little button and all these fruits. I thought the lever was, like, the draw. That was, like, the thing. No, that doesn't happen. It's just a button. I just, like, pushed it. All these fruits started moving around on the screen, and then they're just, like, zero credits. Like, and it was Fuck just you, gone. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why I don't gamble, because it's boring as hell. <laughs> And also, I lose my money constantly. Uh, not if you're doing it with human lives. Hey. Anyway! talk about Derek Chauvin he's been what we talked about him a little last episode who's or the that? episode before that <laughs> yeah, who that? new phone who this uh Derek Chauvin uh is a murderer legally now um I think they got him on second degree for the killing of George Floyd so I think probably the only good take on this is like great Step one accomplished. Now do like the rest of the 99 steps that it takes to actually like bring justice to this country. I'm curious to see what the sentencing is going to look like from this. I have a list of just awful Reddit threads that got started in like a lot of the conservative subreddits and everything in like the, uh, the protect and serve subreddit, which is all just cops. This was juror intimidation, plain and simple. This is a disturbing turn of events. This man got an unfair trial. Like, dude, if your video of you, like, actually murdering another American citizen is just out there on display for everybody, I don't know if you can con consider it to be, like, juror intimidation or just the fact that, like, this is finally so plain for everybody to see how you've been treating people this entire time. This is not the first time he's put his knee on someone's neck. It's, like, the 18th time, I think, actually. When there's, when there's uh, a general current of um political belief in society and that changes people are like well obviously common sense is being upended and you're like well it was never really common sense right it was like well obvious common bullshit. sense doesn't exist no common, of course is, not. common sense is just like a it's just a bunch of ideas that are like socially grafted onto you it's like yeah it's a common sense that you look both ways crossing the street because we have just an awful fucked like private transportation system that kind of common sense wouldn't exist, um, you know, if we had public transportation that made any kind of sense in this country. Common sense that, like, yeah, you put your all your money into investments because savings aren't going to, like, make your money back and shit like that. It's shit that only exists in the current formation of our society. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
common sense is like when Donald Trump says, like a lot of people say, a lot of a lot of very respectable people say, this is the t- this is the case. Like that's common sense. <laughs> that's in a nutshell. I mean, it is right. That's like neoliberal consensus, but that's not a fucking. Whenever it changes a little bit, like you said, it kind of like shifts gears. A lot of people get left behind and they're like, this is no longer common sense. They're basically just telling on themselves that it was previously common sense that we could just fuck with black people in this country. And now that's no longer common sense. Like now you actually have to think about how you have to treat black people in this country. Or like our last episode, some soldiers actually now have to think about how they treat women that they serve with. What? And it's it's a huge issue for them because it's no longer common sense. It's just that's bullshit. Where can we where can we find these? Like if if someone's listening and they're like, I want to see all these bad takes. Can you find them online or can you find as start your own personal stash? Ooh. No, no, no. This uh, I'm stealing this shamelessly from the uh, subreddit drama subreddit. Um, once the conviction came out, some dude started just like collating all of the, uh, all of just the awful art conservative takes. Um, so go to the subreddit drama subreddit and, uh, you'll find it there. It's great. What was it, Jim, that you sent earlier? It's like the right can't meme is also another great oh, one. Oh God, like, that's great. Yeah, it's so great. I love that one. <laughs> Cause it's just them posting like an actually funny meme half the time. And they're like, yeah, this makes sense. And that's the, the only <laughs> comment they offer on it. There's also one called a uh, Parlor Watch that they did for like what is oh, that? Yeah, like that conservative was, social media good platform. As fuck. That was good. Yeah, Parlor Parlor. For those of you who are listening and don't know, and I guess have been like sheltering under a rock because you were sleepy this last winter. Um, <laughs> Just Patrick starfishing your way through life. Slat, <laughs> slat, um, and some of you will get this joke. Uh, sheltering under a rock or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, well, yeah. So, Parler was like the quote-unquote free speech version of Twitter. And by free speech, they mean free speech for conservatives, but not anybody who's not a conservative. Right? Yeah, they they would actually like ban any leftists. Yeah, I know. It's really like, funny. They're like, "Where's this a free speech zone?" And you're like, "I like communism." And they're like, "They're like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, crazy person!" And you're like, "Okay." I guess words don't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. It's like a treehouse. <laughs> it's like a treehouse with a sign that says "No grown-ups allowed" on it. A hundred percent. That's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. So parlor, the parlor watch subreddit is a bunch of people who just like take the craziest hot takes from the parlor social media platform and just post it there. And uh, the one I remember seeing, it's probably like a top-ranked one, is they're doing like the sweaty white guy with the Oakleys in their truck, like recording kind of thing, except it's like a sweaty Karen mom sitting in the front seat of like her Prius. And I don't remember recording that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so she was, uh, she was freaking out because she was like, okay, this is the actual plan right now. Biden's only going to be in office for like four to six months. And then Trump is going to swoop back in after he arrests all of them, like blah, 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 blah. And just like going on this whole tirade and getting like angrier and angrier and like eyes getting wider and like veins popping a little bit. And you're like, you're just making yourself mad in your car right now. Like in the, in the Denny's parking lot, just yelling at your phone over the fact that you think that Trump one gives a shit about you or two, like, can rope it together long enough to instill this Q dictatorship that you're like hoping to see so much. Uh, it was great. Uh, all right. Um, we had, we had some other takes on like all this Ukraine shit that's going down. I can't, I can't actually piece together what's been going on. And I'm sure that's 100% deliberate from what I can tell. Russia was 
moving a bunch of shit around their border with Ukraine. And Ukraine started freaking out and people started yelling at each other. And the defense ministers were actually like, no, this is America's fault. And like our defense minister or like defense secretary was like, no, it's like totally their fault. And Ukraine was freaking out. Um, and then it all just like went away. A couple articles came out where it was like, Russia was like, yeah, we're just going to move our shit off the border. My bad guys. And, uh, now, uh, Biden is like a military hero. He fucking did it. He, uh, he got the big bad Ruskies to back, back down Red Dawn style. And, uh, Fuck <laughs> he's yeah, a fucking he did. hero. <laughs> Charlie Sheen, Patrick Swayze's, these are our heroes. Like that's what happened. He fucking, he, he. Uh, uh, what are they called? He wolverined his way to victory. It was it <laughs> yeah, wasn't dude, totally dude. a bureaucratic maneuver where someone was like, "Oh, we fill out the wrong document for doing exercises on the border with the EU, and we apologize. <laughs> we'll move back 500 meters." And then now, now it's like the biggest showdown since World War II. Yeah, yeah. yeah we talked about it in the last episode where like he's withdrawing from Afghanistan by basically just moving all the troops like 20 feet over the border. That seems to be classify as like major international maneuvering at this point is just like moving people around a couple hundred meters until we're less mad at each other is essentially what this all comes down to well every two years they freak out about russian troop movements um like this is a pod exercises like they do those things regularly and they do them on the western border uh as a show of force just exactly like nato does they do border rides all up and down every eastern european country they can like they have same thing we do in like the South China Sea constantly. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, there's no one more aggressive in their power projection and posture in the United States. Like, NATO like moves troops within its own country, or not NATO. Uh, Russia moves troops within its own country, and they get lambasted for it. And everyone's like, they're preparing for an invasion. What did Mexico think whenever we moved the National Guard down to like the Texas border? Like it's this equivalent. I'm sorry. Protecting ourselves from <laughs> negative elements. The people that freaked out about that was Texas. My mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what happened was it was really just um, it was Putin testing Biden. He's fucking with Biden, and I love it. Um, and in the in the course of events, he's also tested like the Russian military is built in like concentric circles around Moscow. Like that's how it's structured. They're tied to that land, and they can do you know, small takings of terrain when it like Crimea, which is where they're fucking, it's basically like key West for them. That's like where the retirees are half the time. So they're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, I mean, let's get that taxable income. Why not? And, uh, it's, it's, it was never really a, th- I never took it seriously. I don't think really anyone did, but I think what happened was it was a negotiation tool for Putin with Biden. He got something he wanted and they walked it back. I, I think that's, that's just how he does it. I mean, I think it was hilarious when, Putin, like Biden called Putin a, a murderer and a killer and uh, like made fun of him for, or like called him out for imprisoning Navalny. And Putin just said, uh, to this, I respond that we wish President Biden good health. <laughs> <laughs> so we own your doctors. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just flexing. All that adrenochrome, we're going to start spiking it with fucking fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I spike my adrenochrome with fentanyl. <laughs> That's how you do it. It tastes better that way. <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel like Putin probably just like busted a fat chill for like four years because he could basically call up Donnie anytime and be like, hey, nice suit. Can I have like a couple more like miles along this border? And Donnie would just be like, yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck <laughs> it. And now he's like, okay, well, I had my fun for four years. Now I have to get back to work doing like normal Russian shit. And then 
like actually has to do the maneuvers and the fucking like international politics game with Biden again. He's like, oh, well, back to normal. I'm still getting what I want, but you know, yeah, gonna have to actually put in the work for it this time. <sighs> All right, let's move on to Jim. I want to hit your last article. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, Biden proposed uh, tax increases for uh, the capital gains rate. All right. And he, he, suge- he did a news conference this week and he suggested, uh, like recommended, proposed upping it to 43.4%, which was up from what, 28% or 23.8%. All right. Um, for, okay. First off, how do we feel about that group? What do we think about raising the capital gains tax? Well, I was mad about it um, this week because I thought that I was going to like win a lot of money in the casino last night. But now I'm in favor of it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My uh, my phone started blowing up before Biden was done talking. Uh, and it was it was said investors in uproar over new <laughs> capital gains tax rate. It's so like, I have the Yahoo Finance News yeah. app or whatever it is that's like specifically for like Wall Street shenanigans and same exact thing happened. I think I got like three alerts in a row that said like why this is bad for Wall Street, why this is bad for your investments, why this is bad for like you normal American who has definitely a lot of capital gains that are going to be taxed from this. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the article that the Wall Street editorial board, again, just coming in for the win putting the official Wall Street header on this fucking opinion. It's literally titled, The Dumbest Tax Increase. That's the, that's the name of the op-ed. It's the name of the op-ed. Tell me more, Wall Street Journal. That sounds super nu- nuanced. And the Wall Street Journal, as we, know, <laughs> as we know, the Wall Street Journal is a bastion of liberal idealism and equity amongst all citizens. So let's hear what they have to say. To benefit me, normal person. <laughs> Biden's capital gains rate of 43.4% would reduce federal revenue. Say so, again? Yeah. What? Biden's capital gains rate of 43.4% would reduce federal revenue. That is to get you to click on the article. Yeah. It's, like it's, <laughs> like, it's literally, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, he goes, uh, the current top rate is 23.8%, which includes a 3.8% Obamacare surcharge on income above $200,000. Even in the economically irrational 1970s, the top capital gains rate never broke 40%, as the nearby chart shows. So, Why are they bitching about the 70s? That was like the best time of their life. That was like when we finally moved beyond having a labor shortage to a labor surplus. Like the 70s yeah. was the best thing that ever happened for like the capitalists. And they're just bitching and now? Like why? <laughs> and wasn't like 20 years prior, they just had, they had uh, capital gains rates like through the roof? That was the idea, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. They, they, I mean, like the, the marginal tax rate, and people quote this all the time, but like the marginal tax rate under Eisenhower was like really high. It was like 80%. It was over that. It was like 90%, I think. Increasing the tax rate would reduce the taxes collected, which I think is like, they don't even say that businesses are going to leave the United States because, I mean, I, I guess they might, but they want, yeah, like they want access to American markets, right? Like that's, yeah. They have to operate in the United States because they want access to like our wealth. There's nowhere for them to go. Like where are they yeah. gonna? They're gonna reestablish like Wall Street, like a Japanese Wall Street or something like that. <laughs> yeah, not never gonna happen. <laughs> well, that and also it's like it's also um, shifting the point to a different conversation where it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Like Iceland lowered lowered its tax rates to like one percent in the two thousands, 
but is that like actually the right thing to do or is it just like you were you were constantly like going for the bottom of the barrel right like you're uh-huh. you're like yeah all these companies will go to random tax havens it's like dude those tax havens will f- for all time whatever your tax rate is that would be their tax rate like minus one percent if they can like trying yeah. to compete with those guys is a fucking waste of time because yep. like they doesn't it doesn't matter what you do the logical endpoint is that there's no taxes exactly ever, which is really what they want that is but... what they want they want to be like for optimal business we should let people shoot other people for sport here's why and you're like okay <laughs> well i'm sure that would make more money you, you know what else was a real economic downer was ending slavery you know what i don't think was a bad idea ending slavery um, <laughs> i'm sure it costs a lot of people money on fucking cotton i don't give a shit yeah <laughs> yeah and they didn't flee to some slavery haven somewhere did they i don't think that happened <laughs> um uh incorrect it's called saudi arabia um <laughs> The most important reason to tax capital investment at low rates is to encourage saving and investment. Consumption, buying a car or yacht, faces a sales tax but not a federal tax. But if someone saves income and invests in the family business or in stock, he is smacked with another round of tax. Tax something more and you get less of it. Tax capital income more and you get less investment, which means less investment to improve worker productivity and thus smaller income gains over time. Ooh, 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 ooh. So they had a couple really smooth, like, turns Oh, 100%. That was good shit. So one, they went from talking about uh, not having enough taxes on, like, yachts and sports cars or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. that is. The obvious answer that they just brushed by is tax luxury items more, clearly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, duh, that's, that's the next answer. They also did the thing where they're talking about luxury sports cars and yachts and shit like that in the same paragraph that they mentioned like investing in family business mm-hmm. they're trying to play up the uh like every single american is a like a disillusioned millionaire or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that or like they're one step away from being a millionaire they're talking about this dude who owns like a mom and pop like i don't know barbecue place or he owns a <laughs> he owns a mom and pop yacht rental because that's really what yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like the same people who are writing articles about how we don't want you to t- tax luxury items that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars just to buy, um, they're not investing in mom and pop shops. It's just not how it works. No, they're actively <laughs> funding the destruction of mom and pop shops, working towards total conglomerization. They're sitting on the board of directors for Walmart that is doing its absolute fucking best to destroy every single like small business in this country so listen to this uh comparison viewpoint by one former u.s president <laughs> oh no corporate tax rate 90 percent. why because high corporate tax rates create incentive for big business to spend earnings and expand i.e new locations new hires new equipment and product research and development which are deducted from taxable earnings thus driving reported wealth into a lower tax bracket better to spend a majority of earnings on expansion than to hoard it and pay Uncle Sam 90% of it. It's not communism, it's responsible economics. Quote, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. It should be communism. <laughs> well, it's the same thing about the Milwaukee socialists, right? The Milwaukee socialists were extremely like fiscally responsible. Mm-hmm. Balance um, their budget like, every lim- year. Yeah, balance the budget every single year. Um, that's because communism is fiscally responsible. You it was one of those right-can't-meme things. I think I sent it to you guys last night. 
Yeah. It had this. It was said why socialism sucks, and it had two side by side pictures. And on the left, it was like some nice bay picture with like casinos and like lit up and looking real good. And it says USA. And on the right, it's like this shitty like like fucking Soviet looking building. It's all yeah run down, and they're like USSR. And the first comment was like, you realize that the picture on the left is Cuba, and the picture on the right is Detroit, right? <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? Really? I wonder about that. I want to look that up because I want because like that's like so perfect that I like, question it. You know what I mean? When you're like, yeah. you're like, are they that fucking dumb? But yeah. a lot, of, you know, and it's fifty fifty. Sometimes you look, you 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 like do the background research on that, and you're like, yeah, that was a little too too good to be true. They took out yeah. some context. Yeah, yeah, both pictures are actually Atlantic City. <laughs> are they really? No, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like they could be. Both. Oh damn, that would have been great. I was going to be like, "There's no way you can clean up Atlantic City that much." That picture on the left can never be Atlantic City. You know why? Because there's there is no like there are no like rotting human beings in that picture. Because it's already perfect. It doesn't need anything. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, they're going to move the capital to Atlantic City. <laughs> I remember uh, my my family members whenever I'd get into like political arguments, would be like, "Well, if you love socialism so much, why don't you just move to Cuba?" And I'm like. Why don't I? That actually seems like a pretty dope spot to be, honestly. Yeah, They're chilling over there. How long their, their uh, citizenship process takes. This is Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is super fun, by the way, guys. This is... And that, that might be because I'm a little bit drunk, but also... Love you guys. It's great. <laughs> So today we are talking about the militarization of video games, specifically how it relates to the military entertainment complex that we've uh, we've actually talked about a few times on this episode yes, on have. this podcast before. We talked about it in the the movie episode where we watched fuck what was that movie called? Active Act Valor. Valor, Act of Stolen Valor, the one with the actual Navy SEALs, and then I think we talked about it a little bit, or at least it relates a little bit to our episode one. Because uh, when I was researching this stuff, I used some of the information we stole from episode one. It's hardcore realism and the fact that, it, that its action is not derived from video games at all. <laughs> it is 100% realistic. Oh, yeah. Um, it's definitely not a movie where they just film all the action scenes and engineer a plot around it. <laughs> That's it's exactly a plot-driven movie. That's exactly <laughs> our take on it. It's yeah. like someone just wanted the action scenes and like had to contrive whatever the fuck. I listened to that episode and I was, you guys were like, oh, it seemed like narrative was weird. Did you guys know that that movie was basically originally filmed, like 80% of it was filmed to be like a sizzle reel as a recruiting video? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then they, and then they were like, let's film some extra action scenes around it. And then these, these, (laughs) these fucking roided up automatons have to interact with each other like they're humans. And they're like, how is Becky? Becky is good. <laughs> say hi say hi to your child for me. I will say hi to my child for you. Yeah. You're welcome. I have family good too. And you're like, man, I really wish I could hug you guys. Hey Don. You know how <laughs> you we've been it. friends for twenty years and you and I both know each other's families really well and that I have five kids and a wife that I'm and I'm not going to die before this feature length film is over. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. He totally doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. And he totally, he totally dies in a non-obvious way. If he does die, 
Which he doesn't because, like, obviously he doesn't. Yeah, care. no, that's actually, like, a perfect segue into, like, some of the, the video game shit that we're talking about. Because that movie is basically just written by a video game director. He wanted the fucking scenes. He wanted the cut scenes. He wanted, the, like, the action sequences. He wanted the little section where you stand up with your 240 and you have to, like, hold down the fucking thing against all the guys running at you. And they're, like, ducking behind cover. And it's basically just, like, duck hunt, but for <laughs> brown people in a different country. Um yeah, he basically created that movie the same way that people create video games. Yep. Um, all right, so let's get into this. The Rise of the Military Entertainment Complex. And I am shamelessly stealing from a Salon article called Shall We Play a Game? The Rise of the Military Entertainment Complex. The Army wants you to play video games. For decades, the military has been financing, inventing, and perfecting them by Corey Mead. This was published back in 2013. So we like we haven't even I don't even know if Black Ops was around now like back then, but we've gotten just more and more off the rails with our video game consumption. Um, oh dude, since Black Ops Black Call of Duty Black, so- Black Ops <laughs> is the most like it's so Oh awesome. yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. We'll I get to it. I fucking love it. So, okay. The gist of it is that basically ever since video games have been around, the military has been involved in them either funding them or using them for training or using them for recruiting in some form, some form or fashion. So think, okay. So like think back to like the foundations of computer science when Alan Turing essentially invented artificial intelligence or like the mechanisms for artificial intelligence because he was breaking codes during world war two. Um, and a lot of the funding that like, created the foundation for all the video games today came from DARPA, essentially. Um, DARPA is, what is it? It's like the Defense Advanced Research Programs Agency. Projects Administration. Yeah, something. Defense Advanced Research Programs. Something program. like that. Um, they're the ones who put in all the hatches on the island and lost. Um, <laughs> that's that's actually like, that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so they like actually funded early digital computers and nuclear power and high-speed integrated circuits, the first version of the internet, semiconductors, radar and sonar, like which have obvious military applications, jet engines, portable phones, transistors, microwave ovens, GPS, which we use just everywhere nowadays. It's all based off of like military satellites and the digital computer, which was originally used for artillery ballistic calculations. So... <laughs> The military and the military funding of like these independent projects grew simultaneously with the growth of the military industrial complex. Think like Raytheon, uh, Raytheon, IBM, General Electric, and they were doing all of this R and D during the Cold War to essentially like keep ahead of the arms race over the dirty Ruskies. The first military-sponsored video game came out. Uh, I want to say this is like in the the 50s or something. Yeah, 1962 came out of MIT. It's called Space War. If anyone ever played Asteroids, the one where you're like the little triangle spaceship and they have uh, all the little asteroids like coming at you and you got to shoot them to break them up so you never die and they keep coming faster and faster. Space War was like the first version of that. And it was created by a bunch of MIT nerds that were funded by DARPA. Their like entire uh, like computer science laboratory wing was funded by DARPA at the time. And they would essentially just pump out anything that had like military applications. And one of the side projects of these guys was Space War, exclamation point. You'd have like two little spaceships dogfighting around a star, like shooting at each other. 
Um, there's actually like some funny anecdotes in the articles where they actually had to like ban space war because all of the MIT nerd nerds were just like playing it constantly to the point where they weren't actually getting any work done. <clears throat> so space war was like the first one that the military any had any kind of like relationship to. But as you jump forward across the years, you see that they start getting more and more involved specifically for like training purposes. One of the first like training elements that they used games for was actually a board game called mech war which they used at the army war college it was just like a board game where they would like i guess plan out logistics or something like that which sounds like exactly the lamest thing that you could do at the fucking war college and then they uh they also did like a modified version of this game called battle zone which was based off of just like on like space tanks or something like that where they would shoot each other and then tradoc took this threw like a Bradley skin on top of this game and then used it to like train people how to like fight in Bradley's and stuff like that, which I can't imagine that that was effective at all. They did this, uh, they did this same exact thing with doom. The one with like the fucking space Marine on Mars, killing demons from hell and shit like that, which is like, it's considered one of the most like iconic video games of all time because they inve basically invented the first person shooter which is like where you're holding Correct. a gun and you're just fucking shooting shit in front of you that and wolfenstein, wolfenstein. i feel like yes i think wolfenstein was actually based off of the doom engine um or maybe i have that wrong um but wolfenstein was way more fun because you got to kill hitler yeah you're killing nazis and there was like a mecha hitler at the end and everything okay so <laughs> <laughs> they took doom which had wolfenstein as a spin-off they took dirt do <laughs> They took Doom and just transformed it into Marine Doom, where they replaced all the demons and the Mars bullshit with, like, bunkers and enemies that were actually based off of G.I. Joe action figures. The little sprites that they would do to, like, replace the undead hell demons or whatever were just, like, G.I. Joe figures. And they would use this and, like, give it to Marines and try to teach them how to, like, maneuver together, I guess, in Doom. <clears throat> do y'all remember those, like, fucking god-awful video games? that they would throw you in that's like they would t try to teach you how to do land nav yes where yeah. you could have the yeah. little fucking um yeah it was the little uh, beads vbs the virtual battle simulator and it was based just on the arma the arma platform the arma 3 platform yeah, yeah. isn't there that like army one video game that's literally it's just like yeah it's like a point and click game but it's it's super boring yes. <laughs> and it just has like the army of one like sticker mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. whenever you mm -hmm. think of like the arma video game it's like the it's like the epitome of realistic combat where like if you reload a magazine you lose all your ammo and like it takes forever to cross like an open field so if you cross an open field you're like <coughs> fucking domed by some dude 500 meters away and, like it's i mean super... that's pretty accurate oh though, yeah right? it's, it's super <laughs> accurate but like imagine they took all of the boring parts about that game which was dying and respawning and walking for 15 minutes just to get back to your objective and just made that the entire game and called it like land nav training where you had to like count your paces and shit like that and shoot an azimuth and move the little fucking beads across the screen screen because like this is what your point man would be using if he was actually like keeping pace right now like, wait you had to like move your your ranger beads with like yes. your fucking mouse yes yes yeah oh my <laughs> pulled God. out compass map protractor that's fucking torture beads. dude yes that's oh my god i'm glad that i missed that shit <laughs> all right so well, i actually talked about it a little bit one of the video games uh i think it's like actually the basis for arma um it's called america's army 
Like, yeah, that's the one. That's the army of one fucking. Yeah, it came out in game. 2002 to inform, educate, and recruit prospective soldiers. It was hot dog shit. <laughs> it was a fucking awful game. Um, but this was like the first video game that they had that wasn't specifically targeted at training like soldiers that were already in the military, but specifically focused on recruiting high school age kids that weren't yet in the military that they wanted to get in there. They, over the course of like the America's Army existence, I think they're up to like America's Army 3 now, they've had over 13 million registered accounts. And it was basically just a propaganda tool for like the Go Army like recruiting kind of uh, marketing shtick that they had for a while. They had as one of the one of the FAQs, the frequently asked questions, it says, I am not in the United States. Can I still play the game? And the answers that the developers gave was, yes, we have official servers in Europe as well. There is no restrictions on who can play America's Army. We want the whole world to know how great the U.S. Army is. And <laughs> it was basically it was basically just like, it was a recruiting tool. They had links plastered to the Go Army website all over like the actual like in-game uh user interface or whatever to get people to actually click on it and convince them that yeah you should join the army <laughs> please um and we talked about how all smart of, career choice yeah smart career choice the army is exactly like playing video games dude what was the what was the uh there was like an onion video where they're talking yeah. about uh <laughs> it was an onion video game where you're like a fob in afghanistan <laughs> it's the most like, realistic like, call of duty of all time and like you spend half of it like jacking off and you fucking chew <laughs> and then the other half you're walking around and there's like a one in there's like a one four chance that you just get fucking hit in the head by a sniper and you're like game over like you're supposed to walk it's like walk from point a to point b and you walk from point a to point b and you're going to some fucking defac and like and then it's like it's like oh you died and you're like, wait, where did I die from? And it's like, oh, you got shot in the head by a fucking sniper. Yeah, there. Uh, like, there's like a oh. scene in the the Onion video where they're it's like all of the dudes talking to each other, just bullshitting about like how much they miss <laughs> like seeing women and like McDonald's and bullshit, like all the stuff that all of the uh, uh, the cadences are about. Um, oh my god! And then there's one where she's like, yeah, I went out uh, to the edge of the fob and just stared out into the endless desert for a little bit, wondering if like what I was really doing here. And then I got shot in the head and the game was over. So I guess I'm done. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. So it was basically that's yeah, that's basically what the army is. And they tried to make America's army and like all the subsequent Call of Duty games basically into this recruiting tool. And the relationship between the DOD and media has existed since like the 40s with the office of war information we talked about it in episode one but what they would do is they would just pump out radio broadcasts newspapers like posters and comics with the express purpose of telling the public how the war is going it's going great <laughs> it's go it's spoiler going great alert. everything's fine don't worry about everything's it everything's great um, spoiler alert. We're, we're literally like 10 minutes away from winning so like yeah you heard it here folks <laughs> in 1942 they're like we're 10 minutes away from winning it's fine um yeah, in, you know who didn't do shit in World War II? Just just from the newsreels, I learned this. The Russians. They oh, just sat back. Yeah, you're right. Didn't yeah. do anything. Absolutely nothing happened with the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't capture Berlin or anything. Um, anyways. <laughs> so there was actually there's actually like kind of like a kind of thoughtful moment that when I was like researching this, where the the original director of the Office of War Information like actually believed in their 
their purpose, which was to spread, to give American citizens the true picture of what was going on on the ground. And it immediately got diverted into just pure propaganda because they're like, we can't tell American citizens where it's going good or where it's going bad because that'll like threaten actual like military interests. And they, from day one, immediately had to start like propagandizing it to make sure that they didn't just fuck everything up. So the original director was like, probably not a shithead, but you know, good job. One guy <laughs> fixed nothing. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some like interesting stuff from that though, but because like with world war one and world war two, um, they hadn't quite linked up the like internal propaganda with like the, the media collection. Yeah. So there are like videos of like bad shit. Um, which is funny because now they just be like, no. Yeah. Like, yeah, like leave your camera at home, friend. It's like uh, the way we talked with uh, with Sincerely when he was on, our first guest, who mm-hmm. said that uh, advertisers on major media stations during the invasion of Iraq didn't want like patriotic advertisements for Budweiser to appear next to footage of soldiers dying or engaging in combat or civilian atrocities mm-hmm. or something like that. So they would make sure they would pressure uh, the media stations themselves to like the actual producers to include only footage of good things happening, people winning, handing out soccer balls, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about this in the movie episode, but they have the Department of Defense film liaison unit, which like is tied directly into Hollywood since like the eighties, probably earlier than that, where they'll essentially give military equipment to directors and producers mm-hmm. um as long as the DOD can bless off on the final script. I've make, got a whole article mm-hmm. on this. It's fucking Yeah, we'll we'll have to do an entire separate one specifically on like films and stuff like that, but they fucking do it in music videos too. Like Katy Perry had some fucking music Paris video where she's like yeah. at Camp Pendleton, like dancing around and shit like that. Yeah, and you're like, and you're, and it's like, well, it's not like we're not like Soviet Russia, where like the government makes movies, and you're like, no, we're like America, where the government pays for eighty percent of the movie budget, but then says they're gifting it. To the yeah. <laughs> so like, technically, it's not paying for it. Yeah. But like, and that yeah. consultancy so, kickback, the, the consultancy method works the exact same way for ensuring accuracy oh in Call God. of Duty, right? It's the same thing. Like, I've oh, seen yeah. lieutenant colonels on every uh, credits reel in Call of Duty or um, Ghost Recon or whatever the fuck. Yeah, fucking Tom Clancy. I I yeah. actually wanted to put him in here because I remember reading the Tom Clancy books when Dude, I was you young. you do a Tom Clancy episode because it goes way off the rails in, like, the late 90s, <laughs> yeah, early yeah. 2000s. Because I feel like early on it's all about, like, how there's way too many warmongers on both sides when it's like in cold war mode and we need to like be reasonable and, and like just in the later episodes it's like you guys should start a llc um in another country and then have the cia contract it so that way you can kill the baddies and not have like government oversight and you're like that seems super shady bro yeah like tom clancy was actually like brought on as a consultant for like all these fucking video games how many tom clancy video games are there right now the big one is like rainbow six siege um which is basically just cops and robbers (laughs) ghost he did all the ghost recons um splinter cell yeah he's super huge in all of that like so the purpose of all of this the purpose of the dod integration into media specifically for recruiting purposes but like even on a broader scale is to incept you, like the American populace, the average dude or dudette, with the idea that 
our foreign policy is just and good. Like we talked about it in the Act of Valor episode, but they have to construct some contrived reason for these Navy SEALs to be in every single country, <laughs> whether like in all flavors of brown people, like Soviets, as long as they're like like relatively Soviet, or as long as they have like Muhammad in their name, so they're like vaguely Islamic, or if they have any kind of association to cartel, they're like vaguely Mexican or something like that. They have to put this idea into your head that we all deserve, we deserve to be in all of these places. The American soldier is always like the good guy in these circumstances, whether it's Call of Duty, whether it's the Navy SEALs, um, whether it's like Sam Fisher in fucking Ghost or Splinter Cell or whatever it is. It's always some American guy who's the, on the only way he can get this accomplished is by shooting shit in the face. Because that's typically your only mechanism of interaction in a lot of these video games is pointing and shooting your gun. And in the same way that in movies they'll construct a million different fucking plot lines to just get you all over the world to like set piece after set piece to make sure that you see the biggest explosions and the best action sequences, they do the same thing in Call of Duty. Like it was revolutionary where whenever they first started doing it, like you weren't just one soldier in one spot like executing one campaign, your campaign as that soldier would come to an end. Like I remember in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like the uh -huh. nuclear explosion, your fucking soldier would come to an end and then you would go jump into another guy in some other country that we were supposed to be in and like keep executing American foreign policy from there. Um, like you get so enraptured in the action that's going on, whether you are just watching it or whether you're actually like executing it as the gamer that you don't question the underlying assumptions of like, why are we here in the first place? Why are we doing this? Why do we have like white dude in this country just like murdering like <laughs> all of these motherfuckers over here? This doesn't make any sense. You're specifically not supposed to be thinking about those kinds of things. No, you're supposed to be like, you're like, Oh, you know, like Yorgi Jamastrikov slash Muhammad, Muhammad Al Muhammad. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is his new name. Uh, yeah, yeah. He wants to do it. He wants to do a terrorism yeah. on one of our allies, and we got to swoop in because these allies are too. And I feel like this is an undercurrent. <laughs> no, they're too, they're too like liberal, right? Like they've got like oh, they're yeah. too permissive. They don't believe in war, so we've got to sweep in and show them like like what's what. Right. Yeah. To, like, protect them. Like an appeal to the masculine image of like we're the ones who are going to get things done. All these fucking liberal wackos in Hollywood or like over at the Pentagon, they're not going to let us do our job. But we're special forces, and we're going to make sure oh, the job is fucking 100%. done. Yeah. All right. Why don't we take this? I want to get into your article a little I bit like before it, yeah. we start wrapping this up. Mm -hmm. So Zach, why don't you go ahead and take us through your article? Okay. So, in general, the article is... I'm just going to read the first paragraph from the article. Okay. It's not plagiarism, because you wrote it. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's not. And uh, so, Black Ops Cold War trailer takes the war-worshipping first-person shooter and pushes its narrative even farther to the right, capitalizing on conservative fears over political change by resurrecting tropes about communism and outside agitators. In doing so... It legitimizes Red Scare propaganda and reframed political uprisings, not as the activities of angry citizens, but as the work of Russian political warfare rather than organic responses to real problems. When I watched the trailer, I was 
so surprised at its overt fear-mongering, I had to watch it again. <laughs> you really should. It is it is batshit QAnon stuff that's being peddled to, like, teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. actually concerning, and I'm shocked. Let's give a little bit of background about. to the Black Ops yeah. stuff. So, Call of Duty is, like, w- probably one of the most famous, mm-hmm. like, shooter franchises. They always focus on, like, military action and stuff like that. And kind of recently, I want to say, like, back in 2014 or something like that, 2015, they came out with the Black Ops series of Call of Duty, which is focused on, like, Vietnam, 80s era, um, like, Cold War kind of centric stuff. And they always have to tiptoe around how fucked the Vietnam War was. And they do this by focusing everything on like the Soviets and the Cold War and what the special forces dudes were doing at the time um, to combat like Soviet aggression on all of these random different fronts. And yeah, but like, like you said, they'll take, um, they'll take these like kind of basically very justified, like social forces that are going on, um, whether it's like the anti-war movement or like random shit like that. And they will frame it as if, the Soviets were doing it intentionally and had the power to do that. Like they were stoking, like they were stoking social unrest in America in order to weaken us during the cold war, which is like similar shit that you hear from all the fucking libs nowadays, which is like Putin is, you know, overturning our elections and doing all of this kind of shit. It's just having an enemy that we can all fucking point at. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And if you look at, (laughs) it's so fucking funny because like, if you look at like call of duty throughout um, you know, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Call of Duty, Black Ops 2. There's, <laughs> it's so fucking absurd. It's like, there's this, uh, I think it's in Call of Duty, Black Ops 2. There's this like Nicaraguan super terrorist <laughs> who like hung out with Russian intelligence. So you're like, immediately, you're like, Reagan was right. We should have funded the Contras. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, the Sandinistas are fucked up because you know who, you know who's really behind the Sandinistas? The fucking Russians. <laughs> and of course, of course, I've seen Rocky Four. Oh yeah. As a middle schooler, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know the Russians are bad. Yeah, you know, like most people don't know this information, but I do because I'm a I'm a very smart white male. <laughs> is that like I know it's actually the Russians behind everything, and you're like, what? Well, what's going on? It's like, well, it seems like the Americans just you know finance death squads that murdered like thousands of people. Um, yes. So you talked a little bit in the article about uh, what was it? The Soviet what was it Soviet suppression or Soviet subversion model? Is yeah, what it was. the Soviet subversion model is really interesting, and I I would really strongly recommend to anybody listening to this to go on youtube and look up the black ops 2 wait wait is it black ops cold war black ops cold war trailer and look it up because they reference they reference the actual soviet subversion model right yeah it did and also what's really important is that they reference uh yuri bejmanov bejmanov excuse me um who was this guy who defected from uh, Russia, which I think is legit, and he was part of, like, Russian disinformation. That's also legit. Um, don't want to, like, fucking muddy the waters there. Uh, but 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 reeks of a dude who just, like, wanted to, like, cash in on it. So the Soviet subversion mod- mo- model is, like, super vague, but, like, 
even legitimate military models for subversion are vague. So it's like, it's one of those things where they're swimming in the waters where reality and fantasy actually have a lot of um, intersection and they exploit that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like the Soviet subversion model consisted of four phases. Uh, The first phase is demoralization, which is 15 to 30 years long, which is really, really convenient for anybody who who is a conspiracy theorist because it's hard to measure and there are no accepted metrics. So, like, in this phase, the fabric of society is weakened by influencing younger generations to accept new ideas. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it, what anti-war a fucking concept. ideas or, like... Politics, what a concept. Or drugs. Right? <laughs> Don't yeah, let them have them drugs. Like, yeah, <laughs> they exactly. start thinking new ideas. In this phase, the, the youngers are looking at new ideas the young that's ones. that's the first fucking red flag right there is that new people are accepting new things bad bad news um so the idea is uh you demoralize people uh which is really funny because it actually lines up with legitimately people being angry about their uh, material position in the world yeah um you destabilize which is the next three to five years which is uh in this step the status quo is disrupted through a massive expansion of government that wins power by promising to meet the material needs of its citizens, which I would argue is what all governments should do all of the time, which is meet the material needs of its (laughs) citizens based on their input. That seems like, a you know, there's another word for that, which is democracy, but whatever. Yeah. It's also the premise that like the status quo is a thing that shouldn't be disrupted. Like, we any moral person is like this status yeah, quo back fucking up for a blows. Bit, that's like the central conceit of this yeah. right is like your status quo is correct how are people gonna fuck it up and what it boils down to is they're gonna fuck it up by asking questions mm-hmm. and by um taking to the streets when they don't get good answers so they have a crisis which is a cataclysmic event which occurs in which the government steps in and seizes absolute power somehow. And then normalization, which is where we're like, hey, absolute power has been established and we shouldn't be okay with that. And then, you know, five to 20 years, we tell the the, the young kids, hey, this is going to end soon. And then we just don't end it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes normal, which is like, I guess that's a subversion model. model. That's also the same model for any positive political change. So it's really just like a neutral, it's, it's, it's taking a, a view on political change, which is something which is neutral, which is, this is just sort of the way that it happens. And then, um, politicizing that by saying, this is the way that the fucking Ruskies slash reds slash commies slash, did you even see red Dawn? (laughs) They're so bad. That's true. The model really does sound like. People are going to change their minds and their, their opinions privately, and then in a moment of crisis, it's going to have actual effects on the conduct of policy and our political future. And you're like, yeah, that's just like how history proceeds, isn't it? Like in general, so <laughs> yes. it's not really. Yeah, Jimbo a, nailed yeah. it. Yeah, that's exactly. That's a way better, more succinct way of saying it than I was saying. It's like it. somehow this civil war was a Soviet plot before Actually, soviet russia could, even you existed could argue the civil war was a communist plot you could ar- you could argue that the american revolution was a communist plot the french revolution was a communist plot the invention of agriculture was a communist <laughs> plot. <laughs> yeah exactly it literally applies to fucking everything yeah. and you're like okay 
Well, this makes total sense if there's no moral valence to any of your actions, right? Like, if you're like, there's no good, there's no bad, we're just moving along here, and there's bad, there's bad guys and good guys based on, like, are they rocking the boat? And yeah. it's like, what Yuri Bezmenov posits is that rocking the boat is not cool, man. <laughs> um, just a vibe, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> just like, you know, man, like, if you have to murder people to make cash, then, like, that is what it is. And you're like, mm, I don't know, man. That seems kind of <laughs> fucked up. And Call of Duty really just serves to, like, normalize all of this, essentially. Yeah. What's really interesting about this, and this is kind of where I want to jump in, is that... Um, this trailer is like radical right wing shit. If you look at the trailer for Call of Duty Cold War, it has this guy Yuri Bezmenov who's pushing this whole narrative about how you know the subversion model exists, and he's basically saying that like all radical action in the United States from 1960 on is not actually due to american citizens having material complaints it's actually due to the russians manipulating things and we could all go back to white picket fences and fucking poodle skirts and cool ass chrome cars driving around if it just weren't for those fucking pesky communists who are mad about their friends dying right like that's that's what it boils down to but if you watch if you watch the youtube video of this trailer it is so goddamn unhinged (laughs) yeah that it should blow your mind and if you if you read into who made these videos so yuri bezhmanov was this guy who was legitimately a um russian uh disinformation operative he did do that he 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 peddled disinformation in india um probably a scumbag realized that like the scumbags on the united states side had more money and so flipped and basically uh, hooked up this guy called Edward Griffin, who, by the way, was um, a child actor, which isn't necessarily bad, but is kind of a red flag a little bit. Um, <laughs> he's a stable individual. Uh, he's fine. Macaulay Culkin. He's a stable individual. He definitely was like, at, eight, eight, at, at, at age eight, his mother was like, if you don't perform, no one in this family is eating. I'm sure that <laughs> engenders a really, really normal positive view of humanity so this um, russian disinformation guy links up with the child actor yeah he links up with the child actor um and the child actor who by the way was a speech writer for curtis lamay of bomb them into the stone age fam yep. cool uh a, and a member of the john birch society which is oh, by great. the way yeah google that shit because it's totally the same and normal <laughs> um <laughs> totally totally not a bunch of crazy people uh, who blame everything on communism, including, like, their fucking limp dicks. Um, by the way, look that up. They do. It's the communists. It's the soy thing. That's why I can't thing. get it up. Why? Communism. You're like, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> communism. And then someone chides in and says, actually, you guys think it's communism? It's feminism. And they're like, it is feminism. It's making my dick not hard. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's reasonable. So, like... Basically, what he says is that any government promising its people anything means they're trying to manipulate you into communism. Yeah. So, like, yeah, hey, I don't have clean running water, and the government's like, we can take care of that for you. Fucking red flag. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I like I like how you say it in the very, the very end of your article. 
Call of Duty has flattened progressive movements into battles between terrorists and not terrorists to erase <laughs> political truths and otherwise legitimate conflicts. Mm-hmm. And to the same extent, like, it turns everything so black and white, but, like, across the wrong axis. Like, there are yeah. good things and bad things. Like, giving services of, like, running water to your citizens or not having, like, non-white people just fucking gunned down in the streets... Those are good things, right? Like, it is good to have, like, racial justice and, like, social justice and economic justice and, like, climate justice and healthcare justice. Like, those things are good things, objectively. It is better for society if those things exist. But then they turn that on its head and they say that, no, 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 good is only the maintenance of the status quo. You have to understand that. And whatever you do in terms of maintaining that status quo, no matter how violent it takes... Uh, like your actions have to be in order to maintain that status quo. You're good then. And so they just, they like invert the axis and just fuck you up. Which I get to a certain extent, especially if you're like a military person or an American who's have who's had to navigate late stage capitalism, which is that like anything that shines is not gold. It's probably bait to kill you. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this seems like a reasonable idea. And they're like, all reasonable ideas are tricks. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, 100%. The fucking Ruskies are doing this. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay. But it's really fucked up to me because basically they say that any protest movement since the 1960s, and if you look back on Call of Duty rewriting history, which they grossly do, Mm -hmm. right? Like they, they, they color, you know, intervention in Central America as a good idea, despite the fact that, you know, the Reagan administration gave money to the Contras who just fucking summarily executed people for no reason other than like, I think they might want to take care of their village. So like they're communists, therefore we should fucking shoot them in the head. Right? Like that, that's actually a good thing. Let me tell you Mm -hmm. why it's a good thing uh, from the perspective of the Reagan administration, which is that uh, anything that tastes good is bait. So like, (laughs) yeah, your, your material position might improve, but it's actually part of a fucking Soviet plot. Didn't you see Rocky Four? The Soviets are bad. Like and <laughs> the um, other part of the military entertainment complex. Right. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it's like it's I, I actually think that the guys who did uh Call of Duty probably were just taking the temperature of their fucking <laughs> their consumers, mm-hmm. which are a lot of dudes who spend a lot of time there playing Call of Duty. And they want to give them what they want, which is that uh, everyone outside is bad and everyone inside is good. Yeah. Right. It's one of those it's one of those like situations where the grosser parts of like the the profit seeking capitalist model has intersected with like the grosser parts of maintaining our fucked up status quo. And it all just comes yeah, out exactly. in like Call of Duty, essentially. It comes out in Call of Duty, which is in theory supposed to be like and the thing which is the most messed up about Call of Duty is that it is ostensibly supposed to be um like apolitical, right? Like, yeah. This is the consensus, right? Which is if you read Chomsky, the Washington consensus, right? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. that capitalism good, communism bad. Yeah. Right? And and Call of Duty Black Ops, they they rewrite all of America's mistakes in terms of like, oh, the, the, the communists duped us into, into you know, like killing 800 people. Or the and, Pinko and Lives in Washington duped the us. The Pinko Lives, yeah. yeah, they duped us into doing the bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like, 
we did the bad thing. They own that, which is actually really good when you're selling it to like 15 year olds, which is, you know, they, they, they know what their eyes have seen. So they're like, well, you obviously you can't dispute this. And they're like, well, we did do that. But the only reason we did that was because the fucking communists tricked us into yeah. doing that, which is a really, really the most convenient explanation because every time you do something bad, it's the fucking commies that actually did it. They, they, they made us do it. Right. Yeah. Well, this, this is where it gets incepted into you from the age fucking 100%. 13 years old. Whenever you get your first Xbox and start playing call of duty, um, this is where it starts getting accepted into you. And there's a reason why like you go into any call of duty server nowadays and like all their clan tags or usernames are some like version of, maga or like the n-word or like something to do with pedophilia or something mm-hmm. like that like it's all kind of just spirals out in on itself um i guess vortex is in if that makes sense and uh it just becomes a fractal of shittiness all the way down yeah let's see to summarize everything that we talked about call of duty bad movies bad video games bad all the things that you love bad um, status quo bad don't do anything be stressed all of the time <laughs> yeah go play animal crossing instead that's the <laughs> dude let me let me tell about animal crossing do you guys have two and a half hours because animal crossing <laughs> starts animal with crossing you in there. debt <laughs> it starts with you in debt and it's there to promote being a landlord <laughs> all the tell things me that... i'm fucking wrong <sighs> all right uh, don't love anything ever. Um, your consumer choices reflect directly onto your morality. So don't ever play video games or watch movies or read books or do anything like that because it's awful and you're maintaining the status quo. That's they the pillow screen way. Um, all right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do plugs here. We got to do – Zach, do you have anything you want to bring up? I know about faces involved in like a lot of social media platforms and stuff. Uh, yeah. Look at about face on Twitter or – um, you know, on uh, Facebook, just search for About Face. Uh, if you're a veteran, please reach out. Um, I know that a lot of people from the outside look like super radical and hardcore and do like, you know, a bunch of badass shit, but everybody is welcome. Yeah. Any, anything you contribute is awesome. Yeah. Aboutfaceveterans.org is where you can find them. Um, I know firsthand experience that they do a lot of good work. Um, they have like a really strong community going. They do events constantly. Uh, so if you're looking for some of like that face-to-face interaction over Zoom, so that face-to-screen interaction with a lot of like veterans, those those leftist veterans who are like thinking the same things you, who are just as frustrated with the status quo as you, and maybe can get you involved with some really cool shit like about faces where you want to go. Yeah. If you're looking to start off and I'll just jump in here on this. If you're looking to, to uh, jump in where you're like, fuck man, I think I have leftist views, but um, I don't know where to start about face is a good place to start because people will check in with you and be like, okay, like w- what are your needs? What do you want? Like let, 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 let's hook you up with someone who's local Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't like that, I'm also a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, DSA, which mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of because of AOC. They're fucking great, too. Um, uh, I don't actually really care about any organization. What I care about is that uh, people 
get involved with like the general movement to the left. Literally, just talk to anyone else under the that. Literally, movement. talk to fucking yeah. anyone else. I I will tell you that I stumbled along for like two years before I found like a good political home. And sometimes it sucks, but, like, the more direct you are with people and saying, like, this is what I believe, this is what I've read, um, people will give you recommendations, people will identify with mm-hmm. you, so just, like, jump the fuck in. Yep. Hell yeah, man. Truth. Yeah. All right. Jim, Zach, Mandy, Seymour, me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure podding with all of you. Outro. want me gone you can just i mean frankly it just i had to look at seymour's face for like one second i'm like yeah he's he's a better fit for this podcast than you <laughs> his name's not actually yeah. seymour well that's his pod name his right? name's yadid <laughs> he's jewish was he circumcised <laughs> no. he has a huge dick come here so when i saw his picture on the humane society I thought his dick was his knee. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> so big. Look at it. <laughs> it's massive. <laughs> for his size. Like, for a dog of his size. I might leave that in. I might, like, take that part <laughs> out and just edit it to the end of the podcast. <laughs>